Anybody got a good testimony this evening? We got one. good news all right anybody else have something we got a hand all right I'll start my new job on the 19th the 19th you want to share what your job is nobody knows um. you switch you switch gears <laughs> All right, so September 19th, all right. Change of pace from slow to super speedy. <laughs> Gonna have to catch up with all everything, especially if you're a new one on the block. I find out all the different regulations that you have to do and follow. All right, let's start off with a nugget. <clears throat> a genuine servant, a genuine servant welcomes the opportunity. A genuine servant welcomes the opportunity to prove his authenticity. A genuine servant welcomes the opportunity to prove his authenticity. And you'll find out why we said that. Okay, <clears throat> we'll start off with a little story. In a large church, there was, oh, pardon me, in a large city, there was a large church. It was well known in the community for its beautiful buildings, a choir of professional quality. An educated and an educated preacher, and the congregation filled with wealthy and important people. In the foyer of this church was a statue of Jesus with his arms uh, outstretched. Unfortunately, this church had lost its zeal for the things of God. A fire broke out one night, and the building went up in flames. The floor in which the statue of Jesus gave way, and it crashed into the basement of the church building. A few days later, workmen started to clean up and remove any surviving valuables. They found the statue and lifted uh, it out onto the sidewalk. Okay. Two, two businessmen were passing by, and they looked at the ruins of the church and the statue of Jesus. One said, well, looks like Jesus is all they have got left. Okay. Jesus is all that got left of that church. Okay. So, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3, looking at beginning of verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. 
because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Wow. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Verse 15, if a man's work shall be burned, he shall also suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Okay. Um, the interesting note that we have here is um, the big impressive church, nothing survived the fire except Jesus. Okay. When, when the fire had run its course, the congregation had no building left. They had no place for the dignified preacher to preach. They had no place for professional choir. They had no place for the wealthy and powerful any longer. All they had was Jesus. Now, some people, you know, will say that's a loss. Uh, the, the Bible is very clear about that, uh, that all the church needs is Jesus. You know, we think, oh, look at, you know, you go to a lot of places and, and there, there are churches that are, are massive. And, I mean, I remember going down to L.A. and saw the Crystal Cathedral. That thing was wild. And of course, you know, that, that's one church. Then you can go to, um, if you ever drove through Salt Lake City, you saw that their temple, it's, it's big and, you know, glamorous and, all those things, if they don't have Jesus in it, it's nothing. It's, it's a tomb. Okay? When Jesus had his final meeting with his disciples, let's go to that. Matthew chapter 28. That's Matthew chapter 28. Okay. When Jesus had his final meeting with his disciples, he told them in Matthew chapter 28, go to verse 18, 19, and 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Glory to God. So, let's go to Colossians now, book of Colossians, chapter 1. Colossians, chapter 1, we want to go to verse 16 to begin with. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might be preeminence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the church was established by Jesus' authority, and it exists only because of him. This church and other churches exist only because of him. 
Um, now, a healthy church will build itself around Jesus, not around the pastor, not around their buildings, nor their programs. So we're going to look at a healthy church, or characteristic of a healthy church. So this is going to be a short sermon. Get prepared. Don't put your walking shoes on yet. Healthy churches have a high view of Scripture. They believe in the entire Bible. What it means and what it says. They believe in the inerrancy or the idea that the Bible has no errors from cover to cover. That's a healthy church. They believe. They don't take things out. They don't compromise things or water things down. This is the way it is. That's what a healthy church does. Okay, two. See, we're almost done. A healthy church has a large number of church members that read the Bible daily. I wonder how many are reading the Bible through the year. Are you reading it daily? Yeah. This is a principal indicator that leads to a strong, healthy church. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. You prove things out. Number three. We're almost done. Gee, it's going to be quite interesting what's going to happen here. A healthy church, number three, a healthy church priority and focus is for missions. Okay? Fulfilling the commission of reaching the lost world for the Lord Jesus. Financial support for those, uh, for those on the mission fields is vitally necessary to meet the needs of those sent out. So, what do we have? Scripture? One. What's two? They're reading the Bible daily. And now three, a healthy church does what? Supports missionaries. I think we fit, fit all these categories so far. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is number four, but we're going to go uh, take it a little, bit, a little bit different. I'm going to tell you a story first, all right? Then we'll go to number four. Let's say you're walking in your neighborhood. It's, you know, towards the evening. It's nice and cool and, you know, there's a slight breeze. It's a warm, you know, warm night. But you hear people screaming. And you look around and there's a house. It's on fire. Somebody looking like, what? <laughs> Flames are consuming the house. Someone is screaming, there's somebody left in the house. What's your reaction? Try to help. Anything else? Where are they in the house? <laughs> Where are they in the house? Okay, anything else? Call the fire department. 911. Okay. Um, <laughs> it could be. So if somebody else yells fire and you're walking, what, what would you think of a person who just walked on by? 
Huh? Not much. You don't think very much of that person that's not willing to help somebody that need, that's needing help. Right? This goes number four. Are you ready for four? Put your seatbelts on. I'm going to rock the ship. The fourth thing of a healthy church is that there is an evangelistic outreach where everyone reaches out to the community. Sharing the gospel is a priority in their lives. In the same way we walk, in the same way, however, we walk by people who are totally strangers who may be without Jesus and we don't do a thing to help them. We just keep on walking. To be honest, a fate even worse than a house fire awaits for those who don't have Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Yeah, we, you know, so I'd help that person in the fire, but uh, that's the physical. What about the spiritual area of their life? Okay. Sharing the gospel is a priority in their lives. They are reminded not only in Scripture what to do, but have reminders coming from the pulpit and other areas around them. So what does this tell us? A healthy church believes in the Bible. They read the Bible and become strong in faith. They need to do what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28. Let's look at it again. Matthew chapter 28. It's in red, so it's, it should be highlighted. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore, Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end. Oh, glory to God. Jesus said our highest priority is go out and make disciples for him. In the Old Testament, we had Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses, and they were all good. If you look at them, they were shepherds. Okay. But in the New Testament, every member, like a disciple, is to be called fishermen. You are fishermen. So let's, uh, let's look at this. Uh, let's go all the way back to the Old Testament and find out where, where this comes into play. And Jeremiah chapter 16. You say, well, you're, you're pulling things out, out, of the, out of the air now, but we're going to pull them anyway. Jeremiah chapter 16. Jeremiah 16, verse 16. Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after, I will send for many hunters. Well, so we say, he's saying, I'm going to send some fishers out there to get some fish. And what are we, what are we called to do? Well, we'll get to it in a second, I guess. Let's go to... Uh, 
Let's go forward a little bit more and, to, and find the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47 this time. In Ezekiel, chapter 47... Looking at verse 10. We're going to read this from the Amplified. The fishermen shall stand on the banks of the Dead Sea. And spread their nets. Their fish shall be of very many kinds as the fish of a great or Mediterranean sea. What is the Dead Sea? What does that represent? A dead world. He's going to send many fishers to a dead world. We are called fishermen. We are to go out into a dead world and catch living fish. Peter, James, and John were all fishermen when Jesus found them. And they were Jesus' closest disciples, the inner three. Uh, they had an entrepreneur uh, life. They were fishermen. They, they, the more fish they got, the better they, you know, their business grew. Um, so the nature of a fisherman is needed to accelerate the growth of the church. We're to go out, not fish by just one hook at a time. He sent them out. How did Jesus say? Lower the nets and bring them in. So that means that there's a corporate uh, work power, workhorse there to bring in the lost. Okay. Like the disciples are called to be fishermen. So let's go, let's find out where that all came from. We've seen that, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 4. We should have went here first, but uh, well. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4, looking at verse, uh, beginning with verse 18. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw, bro saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. If you go back to the Matthew, at the end of Matthew there, it tells us to go into the world sharing the good news. We are fishers of men. So Jesus wants to get us involved in fishing. You don't have to scale them. You don't have to worry about they stink, okay? He takes care of all that. He just wants us to catch them. Amen. All right. He says, the washing of the word will, will clean them up. You know. Amen. I'm glad for that. I mean, some of us were pretty stinky before we got saved. Uh, none of you agreed. I'm glad you were so clean. 
Jesus wants us all to, to be involved as fishers of men. Not everyone is called to be a shepherd, but everyone has been called to be a fisherman. Hello. Amen. That's right. Okay. But too for today, too many Christians are, are no longer fishers. I mean, they, they are caretakers of the aquarium. Hello. Can't have that. We need to go fishing. The believer, the church, must never forget our mission. Fishing for men. It takes a team spirit of believers to catch fish in a net. I'm talking about the large nets, not talking, there's some small nets you, you know, throw out there. But we're talking about it. it takes a team of believers. Like when Jesus said, cast your net up to Peter, cast your net over on the side. They did, and it took them all to drag it in. Well, we need to get together. We need to be together. There's that unity. There's that love that we're we've been talking about. We need to be fishers. Well, I don't like that fisherman. It's a stinky business. Well, forget about the stinky business. God, like I said, Jesus takes care of He scales them and he, he cleans them up. So all we have to do is catch them. And in the fish business, there are other fishermen out there. And we need to compete. There's others, you know, that, uh, well, you go to this church, that church, you know, let's, let's, get, let's get them in the right place. Okay? We're call, all called to go out into the world. And we're not alone. Looking at Matthew chapter 28 again, Jesus said he would be with us. Yes, yes. So go into all the world. He would be with us. We shouldn't be afraid to witness or when we go fishing. See, whatever our, our, our or your occupation is, the same call that uh, Jesus called the disciples is meant for us. Go. Jesus wants us to be fishermen, not to sit by idly. Um, unfortunately, most Christians are sterile. Okay. They never reproduce themselves. Now I'm going to go to the other analogy that Jesus used. He says, we're sheep. And sheep beget sheep. So we need to go out there and be active out there, okay? Only when God's people rise up and follow the ultimate job description to be a fisherman are we doing the will of God. Yeah, but I go to church, I get my tithes, and, you know, I'm there... Every time the doors open, I, I, uh, I'm in the ministry of help. No, it says one of the major job is everybody's go out there fishing. Right. So are we listening? Amen. We are. 
This is good. I told you it's good. The, the shorter the are, the better they are, somebody said. So I've been making them short. John, John chapter 17. The wife's going to say, how did you get here so soon? John chapter 17. Let's look at verse... Look what Jesus says. John 17, 18, red letters. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have sent them into the world. To do what? Fish. You know, I'm going to put in the bulletin from now on. He says, so when he, fishing. Got that? Fishing. Go fishing. Maybe I get everybody to wake up and say, hey. <laughs> That's our job description. Go into the world. Amen. We have to fulfill our task. Okay. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Again, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me, both into Jerusalem, into all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So go. Go somewhere and fish. Could be your neighborhood. You know, that could be a small pond. Could be out there, you know, at the fairgrounds or the work spot. You know, you can, you know, well, you're not supposed to do it at work. I mean, you can do it on your off time. You could, everybody has lunch. So, what do you got there? Okay. Question is, as a church, do we have health issues? Do we believe the entire Bible? I would say we do. Do we read the Bible daily? Meditate and pray. I think we do. Do we support missions? I think we do. This is the rough one. Personal evangelization. Are we fishers of men? Three out of four is not a good batting average with God. He, he wants us 100%. So we need to cut the weights off, whatever it is, and as, in conclusion, as a part of the church, member or believer, are we doing our share and fulfilling out our obligation? Okay. Go back to the nugget. Somebody want to read that? A genuine servant welcomes the opportunity to prove his authenticity. Boy, that rings a bell with what I just said, what we just studied. 
what we just gave. Are we authentic? Or are we just putting up a what do you say that? A blind or what do they call it when they hide something? Pardon me? A facade. A facade. There you go. Are we are we doing it? I mean three you could say three out of four is great. The Lord says four out of four is better. So again, do you recall them? The nugget for today, does it apply to your life? Or how does it apply to your life? And only you can make the grade on that. You remember last time we said the professor gave a test and then let everybody answer their own questions? For what, for what reason was it for? That he let them grade their own uh, problems? to find out where you're at, because the very next test was going to be the one. So if you found out, if, you're, if you failed that, that test, the first test that you graded yourself, you know you better study. Bring yourself up to, to the position that we need to be put in. That is a record 20 minutes. 25, eh, almost half hour. <laughs> Anybody need prayer? Huh? Wait till you see Sundays. <laughs> I mean, while you're laughing, uh, I'm swinging hard, I tell you what. And don't forget when you put that bulletin, she'll say, you know, so when you say, go fishing. And people are going to ask you, what's fishing? And then you can tell them, you need to be here. Nobody needs prayer tonight? Okay. Some of you get to relax before you take the kids home. Some of you get to go home early. Get to muddle in the foyer and look for the statue of Jesus. It's all staying. All we have is Jesus, so let's keep it that way. Right. But he's asking us to do a little, go on an expedition of fishing. And when you go fishing, you go, sometimes go into shark waters. But he's with you. we keep you safe. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that you're shaking us up a little bit, Father God. And what we've... Uh, are called to do, Father God, and maybe we are, have been laxed. And Father God, we've put our priorities in the wrong place. So Father God, we are, I'm asking, Father God, that each and every one of us, Father God, take a heart view, Father God, of what we need to do, Father God. In Jesus' name, bless our night. Give us each the proper rest for tomorrow's endeavors, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that when we awake, Father God, we have joy in our hearts. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now go fishing.